Hello and welcome to the Brewery FM podcast hosted by Scott Hogue and Dan Usher. I don't think my surface is on fire but you might want to check yours. Any of uh, predictions for 2016? Uh, predictions. So Azure, let's, let's start with Azure. Oh, I thought you meant like personally. I was like, well, I'm going to win the lottery and move to Costa Rica. Uh, but I like that prediction. I guess, I guess we can dial it back to Azure if you want. Uh, let's see. Predictions for Azure. So uh, the fabric of our lives will continue to grow. Mm, I am really excited to see what happens with uh, Azure Stack and being able to have these uh, homogenous systems and integrations between uh, on-premises private clouds and uh, the the public clouds that go on on the other side uh, and kind of congealing some of the story around those things. So uh, I understand that, you know, there's, there's things out there and, uh, you know, we can manage our VMs with uh, VMware across multiple things and, uh, we can use System Center and try to get these single pane kind of glass stuff. Uh, but I think it's really exciting to have a product stack uh, actually come back from uh, the cloud to on-prem that has, for the most part, feature parity, right? Like SharePoint 2016 is going to be, mm, it's going to be Office 365 Lite. It's, mis- it's missing services and features and functionality, uh, it aims for API parity, but it doesn't quite have it and, and all these little kinds of things. Uh, but I look at something like Azure Stack and what's going on on the public side with uh, containerization and some of those new services over there and what those are going to mean for on-prem deployments in the future. Like that stuff's going to be pretty fun. Hmm. Okay. That wasn't a prediction though. That, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. So, uh, yeah, you give me an example of a prediction, and I'm going to drink my drink and think about another one. So I think one of the predictions from my perspective, uh, not having played around with this stuff too much, but uh, seeing more and more of the appliances out there, so CPS and APS, uh, actually being able to have a true cloud hybrid story. So right now, if you've got uh, like an APS system, if you're familiar with it, it's the analytics platform system. It's a couple racks of hardware. Uh, it is, you know, this mammoth of a Hadoop cluster with some other uh, sauce baked in, at least I believe it's Hadoop. Um, it's their big data box basically. And Microsoft sells it, um, for organizations that aren't too interested in going to the cloud. But, uh, with some of the newer workloads that Microsoft keeps developing, I'm not going to, you know, I don't honestly think they're going to be able to keep able, uh, being able to keep, uh, backporting that stuff to have it in these on-prem systems. So it would not surprise me to see more integration, uh, hybrid integration between, uh, what we see with like APS and CPS with uh, their cloud um, components as well. And we've seen that we're seeing that. Is, with isn't Azure. that what I just said was my non prediction? <laughs> well, we're seeing that with Azure stack, but we're not necessarily seeing that with systems that are not necessarily built Azure stack. 
CPS is Azure Stack. CPS is going away. Well, sort of. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're pretty much going to stop selling CPS, and it's just going to be Azure Stack in a box. But <sighs> it, yeah, so, so you'll get Azure Stack with your router and, and everything else. But yeah, sorry. CPS is Azure Stack, and Azure Stack is CPS. And um, yeah, it, it's how you buy it, right? Uh, the, the the analytics thing is is way more interesting. Like the APS stuff is uh, kind of fun. I wish I could have gotten to do one of those when I was still doing consulting or something like that. Because uh, you know those are uh, all the fun little projects and things that go on there. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I I digress. Continue. Uh, so I think another thing that we'll potentially see. Um, Maybe not so much in the Azure space, but uh, in our world of uh, SharePoint and SharePoint Online. Uh, more specifically, our, our friend OneDrive for Business. Uh, I personally think they're going to scrap the SharePoint backend, but uh, you never know. Um, the reason I say that is just it's not so much anything that I know, for instance, but it just seems like the right thing to do based on the fact that, you know, nobody really understood SharePoint permissions and nobody really understood how, uh, how to permission things properly. And then when they added in the ability to do item level permissions, that just caused more craziness because it introduced, uh, more and more problems for folks to lock people out of files. Um, and then they did that again with OneDrive for business when they made it more in your face with a synchronization engine and, you know, something that end users would be more likely to start using and be involved with. So, uh, I, I, the OneDrive, you know, system itself seems to work pretty well. Um, and you can share an entire folder, I believe. Um, You know, it'd be nice to be able to see them transition OneDrive for business out of the uh, the SharePoint realm into something that actually seems to work and be user friendly. Yeah, you and your dreams. Um, y- you know, I have a better chance of winning the lottery and going to Costa Rica, and I don't even play the lottery. Um, but yeah, no, um, SharePoint's not going away. Mm-hmm. Hate to tell you. Uh, yeah, no, mm. I don't think so. Uh, maybe we can bring, are we going to bring these things back out? Are they like real things? Uh, mm, Oh, what what would be a good one? Oh, office 365. Uh, I predict uh, that uh, Yammer will continue to cling on and be a useless product compared to uh, the rest of the product stack. When we look at uh, some of the other offerings like office 365 groups and um, Oh, you know, basic things like having new features and uh, no automated A-B testing and, um, y- you know, all, all that fun kind of stuff. Um, so so my, my prediction would be that Yammer sticks around and my hope would be that it gets integrated into everything else and dies a quick, very painful death. Mm. You can tell I love Yammer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, maybe we'll have a yam jam about how much I love yammer. Personally, I like the yammer now app, but you know, it's just me. Um, yammer. What, what is yammer now? Uh, so you know how yammer has the ability to have private messages. 
Mm-hmm. So Yammer Now is effectively uh, an app for your iOS. I don't know if they ever released it for Android, but it was for iOS. Um, it effectively was a private message messenger. Um, Let's see. Introducing Yammer Now from 2013. Um, yeah, this was so popular that I haven't heard about it in the past three years. So the funny thing to me about it, though, is you know this is kind of enticing people to send private messages and be able to collaborate and whatnot with your colleagues. Um, or if it's a group that's using Yammer, talk to them. Well, the funny thing is, is they also introduced this capability where you can take a Yammer private message and share it with a group. Hmm. Yeah. So that, you know, it kinda, it's no longer really a private message. You haven't used that functionality? Love me some Yammer. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, Yammer is currently the, mm, one of the interesting things that, uh, uh, I have a, a keen interest in, uh, if not just, uh, because of some things that are going on internally and kind of, uh, you know, investments in, uh, social and collaboration and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, where I, it was really easy to use things like Yammer in the past, like within a consultancy where it's a little more loose and, and a little easier to be kind of, uh, footloose and, and fancy and free. It's pretty tough to kind of turn it into a, uh, a structured tool and it's very hard to train on it when they're still moving buttons around and changing the UI day to day and, uh, you know, all, all that fun kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but, um, uh, you know, even browsing around in like the office 365, like it pro network, like Yammer is broken a lot of the time. Like the functionality like pages half render and uh, you got to refresh the page or you'll be in a group and you'll be trying to add like new members to a group. And it's just like, eh, I can't add a member to the group. So uh, I'm not going to do that right now. Come back later. Uh, but it doesn't actually tell you that it just airs out and you're left there like wondering what the heck is going on and uh, being frustrated and uh, all those other fun things. Yeah, so the I think for me still the, the private message piece is probably the most painful just because uh they do have the the button there where it's move to group and it's like wait, what? You are telling me I can move a private message to a group so that others can participate? No. It's a private message, it's a private message. No, they're telling you that somebody else can move your private message to a group. It's not so much that you would do it because you intended it to be private. Uh, but unfortunately, your intention is lost on the person that you move that to. Um, you know, Yammer is kind of a, a big mess. You know, it doesn't have uh, IT controls. It doesn't have operational controls. Uh, there's no concept of, uh, a lot of the things that exist in SharePoint or exchange or Skype and, um, kind of archiving or legal holds or things like that. Um, it also has really different limits than some other things in the stack, right? So Yammer has been around and, um, you know, like integrated with Microsoft stuff for a couple of years and we still can't, um, attach a file from OneDrive or from a SharePoint site or something like that. So, we got to go over, we got to get the link, we got to cut, we got to paste, we, we got to feel all that pain and, and 
um, that's really annoying. And it just has different things going on. So, um, uh, you know, I was on, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, on, on one of the IT Pro Network the other day, uh, somebody was asking, you, you know, what are the limits and, and, and things like that that go into Yammer? And, uh, you, you know, the answer is uh, there are no limits. So uh, how many files do you want to upload? Eh, whatever. Upload as many files as you want. Uh, the only limitation is that you can only attach 25 files to a message or uh, an update in a post, right? Um, but uh, each one of those files can be up to five gigabytes in size. So uh, the world is your oyster. Go ahead, post as much as you want. Uh, you wanna have groups? Awesome, let's have you know 90,000 groups. You wanna have notes? Great, let's have like 180,000 of those things. Um, and by the way, we're not going to purge anything. We're not going to make it easy to find anything else along the way. So, um, Yammer is just kind of like a strange tool that, uh, you know, everybody at Microsoft says, yes, we have a, a, a plan for Yammer and Yammer is great. And we're going to work like a network. And at the same time, um, we've already been working with all the other, uh, office tools and doing the same kinds of things without Yammer. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't always understand why it's there. Yeah, uh, it's it is on itself, in and of itself, a strange thing. But um, so another prediction: uh, groups will continue to gain steam and eventually eclipse SharePoint team sites. Uh, one can only hope. Well, I mean, I. I personally think this will happen just because a lot of organizations disable or take away the ability for end users to create site collections. So yeah, I think groups will continue to game steam. Now, granted the caveat to that is that administrators can go in and turn off groups. So there is uh, that piece to the puzzle as well. Um, and if you're only subscribing to SharePoint online through a SharePoint plan, no groups for you. So. Yeah, you need to have some of that exchange goodness and, and some of the other things. Uh, you know, I love that description that uh, Mark Cashman has of groups, right? Uh, or where they fit within the stack, that whole uh, OneDrive for business equals me, uh, groups equals we, and uh, a team site, like a full-blown SharePoint team site is... Uh, we plus uh, process, right? Like that totally makes sense to me. Uh, and and I can grok that and do something. And a process can be something as easy as, uh, you know, I need to uh, have a presentation of multiple views of files and, and a, a workflow around that and multiple libraries and everything else. Um, but if all you need to do is have conversations back and forth, and have a kind of a, a, a big dump for files. Uh, I'd rather see a lot of that stuff happening in groups than Yammer personally, um, just because I know it can be cleaned up over time and it gives me the warm fuzzies as kind of an IT ops person, right? So uh, if somebody in security comes to me and says, hey, how do we do uh, X, Y, or Z? You're like, uh, yeah, we can do that. Uh, and if they come to you for something like Yammer, uh, you go, um, yeah, we, uh, ooh, we're going to have to write a tool and there's a REST API and we're going to have to use some undocumented calls. And I don't know if that's all going to work, but in, you know, whatever, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get through that and make it what it needs to be. 
Um, so, so groups is really exciting stuff. Uh, you know, being that I predicted that Yammer is going to stick around and that, uh, uh, the office product group has come out and, and, you know, they've been, um, saying that they have a plan for Yammer, uh, and integrating it into office 365 groups. I'd love to see what that looks like and, uh, where they're going to kind of eliminate redundancies be between those two things. Uh, I really hope that they don't eliminate redundancies by dialing back features and functionality that exist within groups. Uh, I hope that they eliminate redundancies by dialing back features and functionality that exists within Yammer that uh, doesn't necessarily need to be there anymore. Yeah, that would be nice if they'd get rid of some of that crap. Um, so Show title. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one other prediction that I've got is that uh, Microsoft is going to have problems with their power cords for their Surface <laughs> Pro devices. Uh, that already happened, but see, this makes me look like a genius for never having acquired one of these devices. Yeah. So I, this not so much a prediction, but, uh, I kind of, I heard about this story that the surface pro, um, power, the, the word that I heard originally was, and this is probably just the game of telephone, but the power supplies had issues. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking to myself, oh, good grief. I knew they had problems with the Surface Pro 1 power supplies catching on fire. Um, and they just stopped selling them. But now the fact that they've got Surface Pro 3s that are doing this, oh, man, this is not good. Uh, 3s and 4s. Yeah. So basically the word on the street is um, it really it only it really is only the Surface Pro 3. Um based on the, the timeline. Um, but uh, effectively, if you had a Surface Pro AC power cord sold before March 15th, 2015, or uh, in the US, or before 2015 in other markets, um, apparently if the cord gets wound too tightly or twisted or pinched over an extended period of time, there is a potential risk for the cord to catch fire by after it overheats. Um, so, you can reach out to Microsoft and they will give you a free cord if you happen to uh, uh, be in that time frame. And that's for the Surface Pro, Pro 2, and Pro 3 devices. So I've got one, two, at least two power cords I need to get replaced. Um, and it's just the cord. It's not the full uh, full like adapter and all that. But I do find it kind of funny because they talk about it as though it's an exchange process, not just a replacement and throw away the old one. Yeah. Uh, you know, here I thought I was living the dream, but mm, turns out you are too. Yeah. So again, it's just the cord. It is not the power supply. If they, if they had to replace all the power supplies, oh man, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Worst things have been known to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, that like thing where Apple had to give away free bumpers to everybody. Uh, you know, they've had to give away power supplies too. I don't know if you remember the little, uh, uh, the little USB brick replacements, you know, the ones with the green sticker versus without the green sticker, like the iPhone chargers and things like that. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know that, that, that was back before I turned you into an Apple fanboy. I think I do have some of the old ones that have the green sticker on them. 
Yeah, uh, the ones without the green sticker, yeah, those cause fires. Really? So this one that I got brand new with a device? No, 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 no. The little iPhone ones, not the iPad bricks. When you know, we, 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 we'll, we'll get you there. No, this was a couple years ago. Uh, y- y- you'll be okay. Don't worry, Dan. Only you can cause forest fires. There's not a forester. Uh, well, it's buried under what? 24 inches of snow. Uh, Not yet. Not yet. But by the time people hear this, yes, there will be a lot of rain or snow. Yeah. I'll tell you my decision to look in Florida or to live in Florida looks more and more brilliant. Uh, every day that goes by, you know, there Uh, there already was mostly when, when, when you've landed in the cone of silence and it's the cone of silence because your house is buried under a deluge of uh, just fluffy white stuff that's not made of marshmallows. So one of the articles out on the Capitol Weather Gang today was how much weight can, uh, you know, roofs actually support? <laughs> uh, quite a bit more than you think they can, but not as much as you hope they would. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 could have summed that one up pretty easily. Uh, well, they went they went uh, into, they had a great lead. They went into the whole like pounds per square foot, and you know how much a square foot of snow weighs if it's dry, if it's wet, if there's ice. Um, and then you know they went into like building codes, and so like if your house is built during this era, then potentially it only can had this code of you know having to be able to support so many pounds per square foot um personally if it were me i would have gone out and built a little azure web app and you know let people select you know different criteria about their house and then you know depending on if uh depending on how much snow we get and what consistency it is uh it would you know tell them if they were in a bad spot or if they were in a good spot and that's why they did not have you define the web app because the thing never would have been built based on the capabilities of today's web developers. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All sorts of fun there. Oh, uh, so to pivot a little bit and change the subject, uh, did you see that there's this remote desktop for Mac beta client thingamajigger? Yeah. Um, I thought I'd show that to you. No, you never showed it to me. Why do you not tell me about all these fun things? Mm. Yeah, now I've got one. It's it's pretty cool. It shows the little thumbnails of uh, the desktop screen of the machine. Um, it's got some other nice new little capabilities in there as well. But uh, the thing that I personally like about it is that it does not suck. <laughs> well, I mean, if ever there was a ringing endorsement for an application from Microsoft... No, you know, that, that, that's going to be plastered on, uh, like the Mac app store when they release it. So it's, it's going to have one of those big, uh, like rubber stamps with two and a half stars. And it's going to say, Dan says it doesn't suck. So what was the, (laughs) what was the app they bought and replaced all their, their tooling? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, I forget the name of it, but I used, uh, it wasn't cord. Uh, no, yeah. cord was around, but it was like, uh, yes. Uh, I remember what you're talking about. Cause the one they bought was the only one that had the remote desktop that uh, gateway functionality. Yeah. yeah. It was the only one that had a gateway and, and blah, blah, blah. And then they bought it and yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they've, uh, yeah, I can't believe you didn't tell me about this thing. It is pretty, it has thumbnails and, uh, it does all sorts of things like groups and, uh, uh, it still connects through gateways. I mean, that's nice. 
Um, but did you, it also has clipboard redirection. Like that's huge. That's big. Uh, you know, I've been missing out on these things for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the other cool app that you might want to check out on the, uh, OSX side, it is a paid app, but, uh, loopback from the rogue amoeba folks. Dude. You could not even figure out how to turn on your microphone today. Don't tell me you went out and spent $75 on an audio routing app. I may have gotten something through another means, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so loopback's pretty cool. Uh, uh, audio hijack uh, is also really cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, what would that be? That would be snow, six colors. Uh loop back uh because my google skills are awesome uh yeah i'm gonna put a link to this in the show notes for those who use osx uh and uh do things like podcasting or audio recording uh, or in general they need to mix and match devices or do uh like multi-track recordings so uh, you know, even if you sit down and think about like plugging a, an electric guitar in and recording a session, uh, things like that. Uh, it's pretty cool because Loopback lets you do that whole uh, virtual input device thing, uh, which is really nice. So, right, like uh, I, I'd, I'd love to hear what you're using this for. <laughs> uh, primarily to be able to record different. Uh phone conversations like this one. Um, but you don't need to do that, you know? Okay. I could <laughs> like, e- 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 mm, mm, oh, mm. I mean, it'll be fun for you to play with, but uh, yeah, you didn't need to do that, but okay. Yeah. There's, there's so many things I don't need to do, but they just, they just happen out of curiosity. Yes, yes. Uh, but hey, now you have a simple drag and drop interface to create uh, new input and output devices. Very, very totally easy. Yep. Um, so speaking of other interesting Mac stuff that uh, come across in the past couple of weeks, um, besides the 10.11.3 getting pushed out finally, um, good old Flux. What'd you notice about flux? Uh, I, I guess just the whole of, uh, the nine, three beta. Um, so, so that's I, not a Mac I, thing. I, 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 you've it, moved it, it, on it, it, to it, iOS. Yeah. Mixing apples and tomatoes. Uh, so the, the whole of, uh, flux for anybody that's not used or knowledgeable, uh, basically many years ago, this couple developed this application, um, that would change the tint of your screen, uh, to remove, uh, like the blue light, the, the brighter, harsher colors as the day goes on so that it wouldn't, uh, one, it wouldn't quote unquote, keep you up at night. Um, but two, uh, so that uh, it would be a little bit more soft on your eyes and make, reduce eye strain. Um, anyway, uh, they, Ooh, you, you've got to be a little bit careful there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Here's a really interesting thing, right? Um, and even Apple is uh, very careful about the way they've introduced this functionality and said, hey, we've got uh, you know the night shift and the blue light and all those things coming. 
Um, so uh, they never actually say it will like improve the quality of your sleep or um, help you fall asleep faster or anything like that. Uh, it's more that uh, we think it'll help and we know that uh, orange light is bad for you so uh, or blue light is bad for you so uh, we can dial that back and uh, make it a little more palatable uh, as you go to bed. So it's one of those interesting things right like where we've got this feature built out that's not necessarily uh, I don't think any or I've never seen one uh, a study that says things like flux on the Mac or whatever like yes they help your eyes. Um, but one of the primary features is uh, they help you fall asleep quicker. And, uh, you know, there's there's not any studies that uh, actually talk about that. We should uh, we should probably have that study and do it once you win the lottery. Uh, yeah, no, I'm totally going to like I'm going to stay up till 6 a.m. today because uh, I'm just going to do that anyway. Uh, and uh, I'm going to just stare at my iPad the whole time and it's going to be great. And then uh, I'm going to install the 9.3 beta and I'm going to stay up till 6 a.m. And I'm going to stare at my iPad and I'm going to see if I'm tired by 6 a.m. on the second day. And then uh, if I am, I mean, heck, qualitatively and quantitatively, it's proven that uh, uh, it will help the quality of my sleep. Yeah. So I, I actually went and downloaded uh, 9.3 beta and started toying around with the night shift uh, capability, but it, it really does remind me a lot on the iOS side of flux on, you know, the Mac and PC side. So it's just, it's funny to me that Apple, after they told the flux folks, please take down this, uh, this sideload app that you have out here for iOS. And then, you know, a month, two months later, go and just bake it into the OS. So, um, I can't fault them for doing it. But at the same time, it just seems uh, rather sneaky. And yes, I do know that Flux was making use of APIs that, uh, I guess, in the the world that we live in, you know, there's sealed APIs that you're not actually supposed to know how to use unless you're doing things like reflection to make use of them. Um, so reflection, you think Objective C has reflection? I can dream. Uh, so they were they were basically. <laughs> Hacking oh the iOS APIs to make it do things, which Apple, of course, is not happy about because, you know, at any point they could change the APIs to be whatever they wanted. And then that could make some really weird experiences for Flux. But it still is kind of annoying to see them do this. And the Flux folks, uh, it seems that their response to Apple, and I don't know if Apple's actually responded to this yet, but they basically said, Okay, fine. If you're going to do night shift, at least make those APIs public so that we can do things as well. Yeah. Uh, so highly doubt they were Sherlocked, right? Uh, so there's no way that Apple can kind of turn the beast of a ship around and uh, you know just stop it on a dime and say, "Hey, we're going to copy that feature because somebody put it out and." Let us sideload it. So, uh, you know, they were probably developing this for a year, and it's just a uh, really bad coincidence for the Flux guys that it happened to come out when it did. Um, and you know, this is why uh, it it is what it is. Like, yeah. Uh, so, so their life's no good. Um, I don't know if you did. You ever? Well, did you manage to grab it when it was still there for sideloading? Uh, I did not. Did you? 
Uh, I did on one device, and then by the time I went to do it on the second one, they had kind of revoked everything in the download, and I'd already deleted it, and, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Stuff happens. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, uh, is what it is. You know, sometimes you get those uh, 404s when you try and download uh, Flux for iOS. Uh, but yeah, Night, Night Shift is pretty cool, and uh, it'll be coming with 9.3. Gotcha. Um, so my last, uh, closing thought for the evening, um, you ever have those moments on teleconferences where you just sit there and you scratch your head based off what someone says. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have seen probably the video that was put out about a year or two years ago of what a meeting would look like if everybody was in person acting the way that a teleconference goes, um, in this case, I was, uh, dialed into a community call and we were going around and we were doing our planning for our event and it cracked me up at one point because, you know, I said, Hey, uh, Joe, um, got a question. Where are we at with lanyards? And, instead of just saying, Hey, sorry, I didn't hear you. My daughter was bouncing up and down in the room. You know, we're doing this off hours. Uh, he said, Hey, sorry about that. I was on mute. Could you repeat that? And I just kind of sat there and I was like, huh? Um, so I don't know if he <laughs> meant that, Hey, I had you guys on mute. Um, like I had turned the volume down on my phone or if it just came out really wrong. Um, but anyway, that was my, my funny moment of uh, the day. Uh, earlier today, talking community with a couple folks about, you know, our next SharePoint Saturday event. And uh, it just, it made me laugh so hard after the fact that uh, I was like, really, how could you, huh? okay, how does that work? Uh, you know, meeting etiquette's a, a tough thing. And, uh, mm, oh yeah, uh, you know, I could go on and on about that stuff and probably violate HR policies and, and all sorts of other things. Uh, but I too have a funny moment to share. Uh, so I don't know if uh, you are a regular uh, reader of the Consumer Product Safety Commission's website. Uh, I mean, I'm going to guess you are because you're, you're, you're a savvy kind of person. Scott, right? I like, love CSP, CS, CPSC.gov. It's one of my favorites. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I mean, this is great stuff. Um, so uh, Walt Disney, in their infinite wisdom, um, you know, all hail Walt, uh, they've decided to uh, recall a couple of onesies uh, or uh, as the Consumer Product Safety Commission terms them, uh, infinite uh, infant body suits, uh, not infinite body suits because it would be dangerous <laughs> with a small child. Um, but it turns out that these uh, infant body suits, they too are dangerous. Um, so they're very cute. Uh, they have a yeah, picture Vader. of Darth Vader on them. Yep, with a little lightsaber. It's like a little Lego Darth Vader-ish kind of thing. Um, and, you know, they, they, they have some nice text. They say, uh, you know, if you only knew the power of the dark side, right? Like, like this is all very cute. I could imagine a small child, um, and that small child would be absolutely happy and, and giddy to uh, be wearing this. Um, but... In one of those great ironic, uh, you know, we really like we're aiming to make Dan laugh out loud kind of things. Um, they've had to recall this inf this particular infant body suit uh, 
uh, because it poses a choking hazard. So yes, the, the baby onesie uh, with a Darth Vader print on it uh, can choke your children. No, nothing, really? You're not even going to react? That's, I mean, so there, there's two different ones they show if you go to the website. Uh, one is Darth Vader and one is like the Magic Kingdom uh, picture. But yeah, no, no, the, the force choke, that's actually hilarious that Darth Vader would even go for the kids. I mean, how dare they? But yeah, I, I mean, it's sad that it could like actually kill a child, but it's really funny that it's... it's the Darth Vader onesie that's going to do it. It's terrible. Um, I think what, how did they, so the hazard they talk is the snaps on the bodysuits can detach posing a choking hazard to young children. I'm looking at the photo and now granted, I do know little kids sometimes try and put like their feet in their mouth, their hands in their mouth, other people's hands in their mouth. Um, that also happened on a SharePoint Saturday planning call one time when someone was holding their child and the child decided they wanted to try and fit their fist inside their parent's mouth. Um, Dude, kids are amazing. But that is, I will say that is incredibly sad, but at the same time, it's like, wow, that's Darth Vader. Wow. Hmm. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to close this on such a sad note, but uh, it really was amusing. Wow, that's so. It's uh, it's interesting they have other things out there, such as IKEA recalling toy drums and drumstick sets again due to choking hazard. Um, yeah, I feel really bad having shown you this website because I feel like it is an absolute rabbit hole that you will never come out of. Dude. Um, <laughs> but you, you know what? Just just you go ahead and tell your wife to send me the invoice for like all the, you know, psychiatry bills and everything. Well, so this, <laughs> you know, this one's... I didn't see Dan for two months. He turned into a hermit. What was he doing? Oh, he was just on cpsc.gov. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, so we've got like the altered state recalls monogrammed coffee mugs due to fire hazard. The coffee mugs are mislabeled as microwave safe. If microwaved, the metallic paint accents on the coffee mugs can spark posing a fire hazard. Like how horrifying would that be if you're Sean McDonough and you're making your cup of coffee in the morning to go with your donut and all of a sudden your coffee cup bursts into flames. Like I know we kid around about jet fuel as coffee or, you know, other interestingly named coffees, but yeah, I, I mean, this is, it's really a treasure trove. And I mean, just for 2016, right? Uh, so, uh, QBB uh, recalls stolen series BMX bicycles due to fall hazard. Did you know that if you rode a BMX bike, you might fall off it? Uh, of course, you might fall off it because your balance is bad. But in this case, you might fall off because the front tire actually falls off on its own <laughs> uh, without you having to do anything. Like This is really just great kind of stuff. It's It's comedy, but it's incredibly depressing because, I mean... One, you've got the risk of injury, and I think, you know, in, in the case of the Darth Vader or the drumsticks, it's horrifying as well because you think to yourself, I can't leave little kids alone with anything. <laughs> there are no less than three bikes in 2016 so far that cause fall hazards. This is 
great. Uh, yeah, no. The basically, uh, you know, everyone should just seal themselves in a hermetically sealed bubble and go from there. Seasonal specialties recall synchronized music and lighting system due to fire hazard. Really? Well, everything is a fall or a fire or some type of bodily injury. Well, I mean, in uh, theory, Harbor Freight, cordless drills. Yeah, there, there is. Some. In theory, you could say, you know, any electronic device could potentially overheat if you left it plugged in long enough to the wrong, like, current, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, I like the sales one, uh, light up uh, earplug jewelry uh, that is sold at Spencer Gifts. Uh, so if you put this earring in and light it up, um, yeah, it's no longer sold because, uh, you could potentially get burned. Uh, yeah, because putting a light in your ear was a great idea. Shock yeah. mm-hmm. hazard recalls. Ooh, this one's a good one. What's this one? Uh, ladder. Oh no, it's 28 different things. Oh, that's boring. So I don't I don't know quite how I feel about this one about office depot recalls executive chairs due to fall hazard. <laughs> ah, like I've fallen and I can't get up. But again, it goes to kind of the question of how much testing was done on these things before they actually put them out there. Uh, not a whole lot. So, Scott, which is why we should be thankful that we are taxed and we have a federal government that is able to uh, actually go out and test these things. Um, and I say that in a completely non-facetious way. I mean, like this is uh, actually like some really enlightening stuff. Uh, I like the bar stool that falls over, whether you're drunk or not. <laughs> like that's <laughs> it's almost like a party trick, you know. So I, I saw that one, and I didn't quite know what to say because it's the uh i think it says something like your the legs of the chair will break they'll snap and it's like oh again how much like were they using balsa wood what was what's the deal with that yeah um, i have no idea um i mean ultimately after looking through the list just for 2016 i think the coffee mug wins yeah i mean the the mugs have a texture design resembling a golf ball and a rope style handle labeled micro- microwave and dishwasher safe. Uh, yeah, mm. <laughs> this is great. Uh, and they will spark if you microwave them. That's absolutely a thing of beauty. So sad. Um, wow. So on that note, uh, it's kind of close. Uh, do you uh, do you know much about uh, the way that things get UL certified? Uh, <laughs> thinking back a couple years, I remember when I worked at uh, the mining company. I remember there was a big thing we had to replace a lot of the power strips under people's desks because they were not the correct UL certification, uh, or you know they they weren't rated for the whatever thing. So let me see. I'm going to go to ul.com. And what am I looking for? I'm looking, I probably want to understand the standards, right? So hold on. I bet I can learn this in like 30 seconds. It's the internet. Uh, New and revised standards, continuous maintenance. Oh, they have an FAQ. Uh, This is good for people like me who have lots of questions and need to learn quickly. Uh, What was the question? Do I know how the standards are developed? Yeah. 
Oh, look uh, at yes. that. The very first question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. UL standards are developed under a process that provides for participation and comment from the affected public as well as industry. The process takes into consideration a survey of known existing standards and the needs and opinions of a wide variety of interests concerned with the subject matter of the standard. Manufacturers, consumers, government officials, industry industrial and commercial users, inspection authorities, and others provide input to UL. For further details, please visit Develop Standards on the UL Standards webpage. Well, yeah, really, that's that was a roundabout way of saying. Uh, oh, now I've gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, what is a UL standard, Dan? Uh, you know what? I, I really don't know. <laughs> I know you can buy them. That's what I, I kind of laugh at. If you continue scrolling down that page, it has you know. How do I purchase a UL standard? And it's like, wait a sec. I thought I was, I have to purchase this. So I'm, I'm basically being licensed to say that I'm adhering to a UL standard, but you're not telling me what the standard is. And now I can apply it to my own object. No wonder, I love no how one they, of these things they, are catching hold on, on fire. They have, they have an online website. Hold on. Uh, standard store. See the store. Uh, what's the C2 store? Uh, yeah, you can totally buy uh, a national consensus standard for configuration management. I feel like this is something we could apply. Dude, it's only 99 bucks. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, we could put these on an inter enterprise agreement and buy like 10 million of them. Not a problem. No one would even blink. Yeah, yeah. I, I seriously, I mean, it is kind of funny though, because if you think about it, you're it's you're buying into a standard, but there's nothing that says you're actually adhering to it, is there? No, no, not at all. Uh, I like how they have on the store best-selling electrical codes. So you can just buy your electrical code. Oh, and, and they're Canadian electrical codes too. So, I mean, if you're going to buy an electrical code, it might as well be Canadian. I mean, you got to have the top hat. So. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, email Dan. Or email Rob Windsor. Uh, no, he won't appreciate that. Uh, that's true. He's a good guy, though. Um. Wow, this is yeah, down the rabbit hole we have gone. Um, so one in last final note, uh, we probably will have uh, Sean. Is this your seventh last <laughs> final note? <laughs> I'm glad you've been counting. Um, we probably will be having Sean McDonough on sometime soon to introduce us to uh, his thoughts about bunker tunage. Mm. Yes. Uh, submit your questions to Twitter. Uh, you can tweet at Brewery FM or... Uh, Hmm. Uh, hold on. Uh, oh, oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. App Brewery FM would probably be a good one, huh? Yeah. I was going to have him tweet you, but I couldn't remember your Twitter handle. And then I was going to give him one of your other 38 handles. And I decided that was a bad idea. Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 So, uh, Oh, kids are coming home from the circus. I think we got a wrap. No problem. I got to go, uh, start sprinkling salt down. You know, why bother? Just stay in the house for the next week. Totally easier. I'll send you a picture from the beach.